To be honest, I was pretty sleepy in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I can I can see that. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't actually see it, but I, I, it doesn't shock me that that happened. Goddamn, man! Honestly, five. I think I, I kind of tuned out maybe way too early. As soon as the as soon as the hobbits or whatever they're called, I'm just going to call them hobbits for the sake of it because I man. I hate so, saying half foot or half feet. That was whatever. the first scene. They're in the first scene, which <laughs> and they're singing and stuff, and I'm like, oh no. Is this actually going to be the episode? <laughs> <laughs> but I love a montage. That's the thing that gets me, man. They, they ruined a montage for me. They go from being this like super serious, very expensive TV series to being a montage musical. Wait, do you hate montages? Because like, I was... no, 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 I don't. Because I'm thinking like, okay, like best montage. Do you I actually just... have a favorite montage? Favorite montage in a TV yeah. series or a movie? Any. Or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. No I limitations. Don't know if I, I don't know if I remember any montages from movies and TV series off the top of my head right now. Oh, man. Okay. In that case, um, I'll give you a new favorite. Rocky Four. Go on. <laughs> oh, okay. It's the yeah, best one. Yeah, true, true. Great song. I, just great training, great beard. So many of those 80s um, action films and... 80s, 90s action films are very much into their montages. Maybe that was a bit of a trend back then. Yeah, anytime you got a guy that needs to like train to do something, I think like Mighty Ducks probably has a montage. Any sport thing, Mighty Ducks does have a yeah, yeah, yeah. All those like a sport, like sporty, inspirational films. Yeah, yeah. Like I think of like Remember the Titans. I don't know if Remember the Titans has a no, I don't think they do because they're already good at the start, right? Yeah. So they need to train. Dangerous Minds, Freedom Riders. Yeah, that's all like the early 90s and that kind of stuff. They all have these uh, kind of overlapping fade in and out montages. Exactly. Very, very classic corny 90s films. You can't take that away. Like, I, I still love a montage. I hated this montage, but I hate, but I like normal montages. Yeah, I mean, they just kind of lost me because it's very inconsistent to the way the rest of the series is, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm. I mean, again, as, as it was sort of playing... Um, I remember thinking, this is kind of Tolkien-esque. Like, it, it feels like the books with all the singing and the, the traveling. <laughs> and it's the part of the books that I skipped. Well, <laughs> I'm glad it feels like a Tolkien-esque thing. Uh, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Logical Podcast, where we review, recap, and break down everything movies and TV series. If it's your first time here, welcome to the podcast and that long kind of bantery um, almost com- complainery type <laughs> intro <laughs> from us. Um, and if you're a regular listener, thank you for showing up and continuing to sh- to support the show. Um, welcome, Tony, again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I think we, we probably get more complainery when I'm on, right? I feel kind of sorry for you. This is your first time on the podcast and I've dragged you into this show that doesn't seem to work out. No, nah, man, to, great series, great series. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't seem to work out to... Um, Major excitement. <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's a great series. You know how I feel about it. It's wonderful. <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe I get you to jump on the review with. Uh, maybe I'm going to try and get JC on again. JC's a re- also a regular 
podcaster. He hasn't been so regular for a while, actually. <laughs> but um, to review uh, Werewolf by Night. I know you're not into horror films, but maybe this is kind of the horror film that you may. Is it a horror entertain. film? Well, it's it, it's a it's a homage to horror films, like you know the sort of classic horror films of the early 1930s, 1940s. You know, we're thinking about Dracula, Frankenstein, Invisible Ooh. Man, and you got Wolfman, which was the, if I'm not mistaken, the first ever horror, uh, werewolf film so it's a part of that whole classic um horror genre so werewolf by night is a homage to that um done by marvel studios part of the mcu it's actually part of the mcu is he is he a hero no i don't know anything about werewolf in marvel comics to be honest um but this is a yeah well if it's marvel then it shouldn't be too like intense yeah it shouldn't be it, it probably deal with it it won't be like the conjuring or something like that you know yeah Uh, I i can't handle those nightmares man I'm a mm. weak boy. Yeah, maybe I get you to review that with me and <laughs> the other boys. Yeah, sounds cool. Um, so, speaking of reviews, this is uh, uh, Rings of Power, Season 1, Episode 5. If you haven't already picked up on that, apart from the obvious uh, title of the episode and also our rant at the beginning of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I don't believe that we're the only, we're the only ones that feel, the way, uh, feel this way about the episode. Um, but I do believe that there are also people that don't feel the same way that probably really love the episode. So I'm sorry if this is going to be a little bit of a downer for anybody that's a massive Tolkien fan and really loves this episode or even loves the whole series for that matter. Um, unfortunately, I mean, I should probably only speak for myself at this early stage of the review. No, you can speak for me. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't really like this episode. And I actually think it's probably the worst out of all of them. Like... I still think the first one is probably the worst, but this one has more to work with, so it's like kind of sadder. Uh, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I think the runtime, the feeling of the runtime being way longer than it is. I mean, the episode's pretty long. It's, 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 it's an, an hour, hour ten, and, right? Tower and ten minutes. Yeah. It's very, very long. It, it <laughs> felt like it was two long. hours. <laughs> it, oh, man. I remember actually like... I hovered my mouse over the, like, try, try and see how long was left. I was like, oh, my God, there's this much time left? I thought it was going to be over. I actually hovered quite a bit, and I was like, <laughs> wow, there's 30 minutes left. <laughs> what? Oh, man. Where, was, where, where did the one hour go? <laughs> it was depressing. I just, yeah, like, there's just yeah. so much random talking. I love random talking, man. Like, you know, Reservoir Dogs, it's entirely talking. One of my favorite films of all time. But for this mm. one, I don't know. The random talking is killing me. It's killing me. It is killing me, man. Let me a lot. Well, um, let's just get into a little bit of info before we get into the review and the recap. Um, so a little bit of information on the episode is that Daniel, uh, Daniel, sorry, Wayne Yip is back to direct um, his, this is the third or the maybe the fourth episode that he's directed, right? Yeah, he, he, he started in episode three and I don't know what's mm. happened since then. I think he's okay. done, yeah, three, four, five. Yeah, three. Yeah. Um, written by the same writers uh, of the entire show, uh, that's John D. Payne and Ch- uh, Patrick McKay. Um, the runtime for this, as we said, as I just said before, is an hour and 12 minutes. The Rotten Tomatoes score at the moment is 78%, um, but that's, um, that's only for the critic rating so far. There isn't an audience rating for this particular episode. However, for the entire season so far, it's 
it's a roaring success for critics, 85%, but it's a bit of a blunder when it comes to the audience rating and it's 38%. <laughs> Yeah, that's is, that's, that that's extremely low. Like they, that that's such a huge disparity, right? Yeah, why is usually mm, this happens quite often? You know, with uh, okay. popular novels and popular like comic book adaptation films, especially like it usually happens quite a bit in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There might be quite a bit like big hardcore disparity. fans being disappointed. Hardcore fans, well. Actually, usually the opposite. Usually, like hardcore fans loving the material, and the critics just kind of shitting all over it, right? Right. Um, well, I mean, if it matters, I don't know a lot about Lord of the Rings, and I thought this sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe this thirty-eight percent is pretty much the Tolkien fan base or whatever. Maybe just really upset about it. I'm not too sure. I didn't actually read into the consensus of that. Um, the consensus that you see here is not accurate, so don't read that. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so oh, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading it now. That's a, that's, that's, a previous, that's a previous episode. Yeah, 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 sweet. Um, so episode five is um, it's about Nori um, question, who questions her instincts. Alron struggles to stay true to his oath, how Bran weighs, in, weighs his destiny, and the Southlanders brace for an attack. Um, let's talk about some highlights, some lowlights, some performances, and a little bit of the direction of this episode before we get into the recap. I'll start off with you. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Do you want to start off with lowlights? <laughs> well, I mean, no, I'll start with highlights because that should be faster. Uh, <laughs> I mean, okay, highlights for me. I was excited to see the orcs moving. I thought that was cool. Um... <laughs> You're talking about people moving in a scene. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know when the orcs sort of get on, uh, like they start moving towards the um, the tower of Osteris? They're, like they're going to start mm-hmm. killing him? I thought mm-hmm. that, that was a cool scene. That got me excited, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, every Elrond and um, Durin scene is fantastic still, even though it's like it was getting a little bit like, no, no you know what? It's fun. I love those, those two guys. They're great. Um, Elrond, Durin, fantastic. And that's kind of it for highlights for me, to be honest. Um, Lowlights. Galadriel again. So I'm back off the boat. Because the thing is, okay, so with her... You didn't jump on that boat very long, though. (laughs) I I jumped on it for, like, an episode. But, like, she's just back to being better than everyone at everything and just being kind of proud of... I don't know. Like, she just, like, shows up, kicks everyone's ass. Now everyone loves her. And, you know, like, two episodes ago, there was, like, a riot about elves coming and stealing our jobs right there was like that that, that riot mm-hmm. oh, not right like that, that scene so mm. she shows up that kind she's... of protest in, in the town courtyard yeah. or whatever it is yeah and then she shows up and she's just kicking everyone's ass with ease she's training them essentially taking a job and everyone's like yeah great good job Gladriel. we're all in this now it just seemed like a weird tonal shift for the entire city i kind of pointed that out as well at the end where they're like just super a fan of her even though there's been just a lot of hate for her um, other lowlights, they just, oh, the Arondir plotline is super slow. The Halfwit, Halfling storyline is pretty slow. The only interesting thing about it is the stranger. Singing. <laughs> the, the weird singing at the start kind of sucks. Um, is there even, like, in the Numenor plot is honestly pretty slow. Like, just... Considering that we're episode five out of an eight-episode series, we should be moving towards something, and it's just not. Like um, perhaps Middle Earth. 
Yeah, like something. Like I understand that they're gonna lose this battle. Like that's the prequel, and I enjoy those kind of things. Where you really? see, like, is that a spoiler? Well, I don't even know. That. They have to, right? Like, Sauron, <laughs> like Mordor exists in the future, so you presumably well, yeah, they know, have to lose. I mean, they don't. No, they don't actually have to lose. Maybe they, they maybe they lose the battle, but they don't. But none of them die. Maybe like, um, you almost kind of. Uh, assume that people like a whole race would die or something from from such wars or whatever mm. but um it doesn't necessarily have to be that way i mean they could just not win or lose and the story unfolds the way it, it does like in the Lord of the Rings trilogy whatever i digress yeah anyway but um <laughs> i just feel like man it's going slow for a thing that we know the answers to like this should just be a cool way of telling you things you kind of already know Mm. And they're just going so slow with it, man. And they're just—they're raising these mysteries that are just like glacial. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's my that's my my highlights and lowlights. Uh, what about you? What about some performances? Like any stand-up performances for you? Or ah, uh, man, it's hard to think about it. I mean, I don't really think about stuff the same way you do about performances. Mm. So now I probably should leave that to you. All right. Okay. Well, some key highlights. Oh man, this is going to be a struggle. What are some key highlights? Yeah, I mean, um, I think I took the best one. Well, once once I got close to the end of the episode, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's actually funny? Yeah. Everything after the orcs moved, I actually forget what happened after that because that was in my mind. I thought of Finn. Like I think to myself as I was going up the mountain, I'm like, "This is mm. a great ending shot," yeah. and then it kept going. And I think in my mind, I just sort of accepted it as the ending shot. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess on a serious note, okay, on a, on a serious note, there are some beautiful shots, oh. but that's but that's the whole series. The whole series is super expensive. You can see they spent so much money on the series, right? They spent so much money on the cinematography. Spent so much money on the set pieces. The Elf Town is design. pretty. I'll say that. Yeah, Elf Town is, is, is awesome. It's very pretty. Um, Numenor is like very pretty as well. Um, there's really good use of the budget in terms of aesthetics. Um, the only, the only, uh, aesthetic that I don't find pleasing is when we go to the half foot. So it actually looks like a cheap set. And I think a lot of that's got to do with, um, the characters look like they're literally wearing costumes as opposed to, you know, I think I've mentioned this before, right? Yeah. Episode one was the first thing that jumped out at you. Mm, I was like, what? The wigs look cheap. Like they look like they just went to the costume cave down the road and just put on a bunch of costumes and put on these kind of fake accents. <laughs> is, it, is it just because like they just have random crap in their hair and you just kind of feel I, like, I why think would the, they do that? The hair, the hair doesn't look very organic at all. Yeah. You know, the hair looks like they, they look like wigs, which is kind of weird when you think about the elves, like I'm pretty sure, Oh wait, do all the elves have wigs? Surely some of them have wigs, right? What do you mean? Like, White powdered wigs, or no? Well, you, we're used to seeing elves in wigs, right? In the Lord of the Rings trilogy, all the elves have all the same hair. Everybody has long, straight, ironed hair. Um, yeah, I mean the king the does. Yeah, I guess the king does. Yeah, but, uh, like guess Elrond, Celebrimbor, they've got short hair. Yeah, yeah, but but the king, yeah, he. I guess his wig kind of looks like a wig, but it doesn't look as fake as. The half foot ones. I don't. I don't know. Mm. Just the half foot. Just look cheap and, and organic. 
nothing natural about it. Um, some other key highlights, it's, it's cool to see Adar again. Um, we kind of get confirmation that he is not Sauron, you know. Was there is any it? suspicion around him being Sauron? I mean, it's, had... it's still not, like, super confirmed. Like, we're, like, just the fact that he got pissed about it. Yeah, true. I guess that's not super confirmed. But I'm willing to posit that that's not Sauron. <laughs> yeah, I reckon that's not him. Yeah. And all the nerdy Tolkien people listening to this podcast must be... be, must be They're like, you idiot. Ha-ha, of course he is. You know nothing about Lord of the Rings. I'm still hoping for the fact that it's um, The Stranger. That's that's what I want. It's Gandalf, man. Told you. I, probably, but I want it to be Sauron <laughs> so badly. He's like, good, bad. He doesn't know English, right? So he's just like Peril? saying words. Yeah, and like... He, he's trying to warn her. He's like, I'm Peril. <laughs> like, she's mm. like, no, of course you're not. True. Maybe there are some breadcrumbs to do with uh, that sort of insinuate that it's Sauron. I don't know. I, I, I probably don't not care that it's... much, to be honest. <laughs> really? Like, even the stranger plotline. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. There's, there's too many things that I am annoyed about in this show that is almost overshadowing the things that I do like about the show. However, it doesn't stop me from expressing the things I do like about the show, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, some key lowlights. <laughs> did we not just episode. do it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? We kind of just spoke about it. Um, yeah, lowlights is just it, the story moves at such a snail pace. It's just aggravating. It's hard to watch. Mm. And more of the standing around and talking kind of stuff is just so frustrating. I'm like, ah, ah I feel like I'm watching paint dry here. It's just, yeah. it's, it's painful. Oh, it's brutal, man. It is brutal. Performances, uh, they're all, yeah, fine. They're all kind of the same, same. Nothing's really developed upon any of the characters that we've met so far. And there's nothing increasingly developing in any of the characters as such. I mean, other than the fact that there's that shitty subplot love story that's trying to unfold, that's kind of a crap development that I don't care for. And I don't think oh. you care for either. <laughs> oh, I hate it. I remember, like, I couldn't help but, like, say this is crap. Like, as mm. it was happening. Mm. She says that line. He's like, my dad, his ears close up. Whenever I speak, and she's like, speak louder then. I'm just like, this is garbage, man. <laughs> I think it's also like very okay, kind of garbage acting as well. Oh, so, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's kind of like that poor attempt of, of actors that are acting in school trying to do Shakespeare, you know, almost like it's, and they're failing miserably. You know, they're trying too hard. Yeah. See, in fantasy, like, it's hard for me to tell sometimes because I'm like, uh, you know, are you chewing the scenery or are you like, is this just what you? they want? Yeah, or is this like how they would behave or whatever? Yeah, yeah. but no, hate it. Hate the plot. Uh, no, it's not the plot. I mean, yes, the plot, but the dialogue. <laughs> dialogue. Um. All right, we should probably get into the recap, right? Yeah, we're like eighteen minutes in. <laughs> yeah, like that transition. I love these That's transitions. Good. They're so good. Yeah, doing so good, man. All right, recap. The whole episode. First time here. A recap is basically a breakdown of the entire episode. We go from beginning to the end of the episode. We're gonna kind of sprint through this because we don't really enjoy this episode <laughs> okay is that the reason now i'm gonna rant man i'm gonna rant we're gonna go we're going an hour today we're going all right i love your squeaky chair tony <laughs> it's so squeaky it's very cheap you know i got it for free what are you um, doing sitting on like a chair from a horror film <laughs> <laughs> Again, I was walking and I found it, and I didn't you have found enough, it on the street. Yeah, I didn't have enough chairs Come in my on, place, man. so I, I picked it up. What? 
Ben, you can't I'll give, give you a chair, man. Oh shit! Do you have any chairs? Because I need, I need one more. Oh yeah, I'll give you a chair. Oh, I need this. You have no idea. I'll bring it to soccer next week. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so episode five of Rings of Power starts the most expensive TV show ever created with Nori speaking to the stranger about their migration. Nori points out that there's plenty of dangers along the way and we should remind viewers that if these little halflings get hurt or injured, they're going to be left behind. So I guess in a way, the halffoots are the biggest danger of them all? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think they are brutal people. Like, the thing that's really funny... I think funny, they're actually savages, eh? They're like, yeah, kind of they're, like savage. they're barbarians, man. They're like miniature monsters, you know? Like, disguised as these loving little creatures. It's the craziest thing, because like, you know, the, the humans are like, yeah, you know, they're evil or whatever. Like, everyone is sort of shown to be, like, capable of evil, and yet the Harfoots are like, no, we're just this sort of whimsical, fun, happy race, and we, we look out for each other and we're nomads. Yet... You know, they know that leaving them behind is pretty much certain death. And, what, and like, the woman is like, you know, you should have done what you did or what I told you to do last time, which is take their wheels and leave them behind. It's like, that it's is savage a shit. brutal thing to do. Yeah. Like, it's not like literally, like, if you just like, cut their throat, it would mm. be a nicer way to die than leave them in the forest where wolves are around and just sort of let them fend. That's like straight up evil shit right there, you know, like bitchy evil shit. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, Actually, these half of people, like, like I'm, I'm not fooled by them. They're a bunch of like miniature monsters that are just hiding behind this veil of like, yeah, we're nice people and we're very, very community orientated. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's making me kind of dislike Frodo, just knowing what his ancestors were like. <laughs> I'm going to blame hey, him. Hey, wait, wait, but hold on. I'm still confused. Are they hobbits? I think so. Otherwise, they've created a brand new short race for no reason, right? Like, are there two? Oh, I, well, I don't know. Or maybe they're... I mean, maybe you're right. Their ancestors, that the ancestors were called Halffoot and the modern version are called Hobbits. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm Have assuming we seen that? their feet? I actually can't even remember if we've seen their feet. I think we've seen <laughs> a lot of feet and we just haven't paid attention to how hairy they are. Yeah, because usually that's... <laughs> That'll give it away, right? Like because yeah, like we saw hobbits like, have oversized feet that are super hairy. Super hairy, yeah. I mean, we saw that guy break his foot. Like there was a lot of zoom ins, and yet I still cannot answer. I can't that question. even remember. No. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I did want to point out about this scene, though, right, hmm. is um, the fa- I, I, it, it frustrates me. I understand this is like sort of TV crap, and I shouldn't get offended by this, but when she's trying to teach the stranger English, and she's like perils. And he's like, perils? And she says, you know, danger. And it's like, he doesn't know other words. You're just giving him two words he doesn't know. Mm. And then, you know, good. What's good? Oh, you know, helping people out. It's like, these are the worst explanations to try and ex- teach someone English. It's just... But it, I don't even buy this, you know. I think it's it's poorly scripted because how how as how have, as the audience are, are we supposed to know what the rules are? Um in regards to what he knows and what he doesn't know, yeah. so let, let's let's assume, like we can say, we can fairly assume that this character knows no form of communication in English, right? Mm. How is he supposed to even ponder about certain words? Exactly. Like, How what? is he even supposed to kind of let his mind sort of travel in those distances of understanding? Like yeah. how? 
he says know. like he's like oh I'm good I'm good yet we're meant to expect that he knows what I'm good means because I'm good means he wants to help other people and do good things and it's but like then at the same time I don't expect him to to know what that means though uh, the explanation is such a long sentence I don't expect him to know that yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know how, like, Rick and Morty, in that episode where, like, Rick teaches everyone that, like, the finger means peace among worlds? Like, that's, <laughs> that's more or less what she could be doing here. Like, she isn't, but she could. And he, he wouldn't know. But the know. difficult thing is that, like, like you, you can't even make reference to anything else that would be explained as an example or, or an analogy or anything like that. You can't do that because he, we have to assume that this guy knows zero in, yeah. like, zero well, he, English. Because he's, or, he's acting like he knows zero English, right? Like, hmm. That's His only the, real form of communication should be through, like, some sense of sign language or whatever, I don't know, objects or, like, charades. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, I understand that, like, that would be shitty to watch. Yeah, but it's just a big jump to go, okay, he can say some words, and you're almost I'm, presupposing that he is discovering the meaning behind the word. That he, yeah, he understands what it means, which I think is... Because that's the thing... That, they, they show him not understanding what perils means, so I don't understand why he would know what dangers means. That's that's the thing that's getting me. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. kind of hated their scripting. I was like, oh, this dialogue's really stupid. <laughs> but anyway. Anyway, they continue on singing a little song while they continue across the land. As they make it into the woods, the all-loving half-foot Malva suggests that Sadok should have taken Nori and the others' wheels and left them behind. This is the thing that makes them super savage. That's crazy. Yeah, they're so self. They're so selfish, and they're so self-centered. And they try and say that they're all for their own people, but they're not really for their own people. They're only oh, for their man. own agendas, right? And you know what's crazy? Like, I keep thinking back to that 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 uh, ritual where they're like, "Oh, this person's name," and everyone's like, "We'll wait for you." It's like knowing that there are people in that list who were pretty much, you know, probably sentenced to death for some reason. Mm. Um, that makes that a lot weirder to think about. That's cult shit, man. This is these guys are pretty much just like the Manson family cult. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> some creepy ass shit going on. Everyone thinks it's okay. Everyone just mm. accepts that these people died. I bet there's like you know maybe there's a massive cover up. Like oh hey, but that's that's cult wheels. mentality when you're when you're able to persuade and um you know and manipulate. Uh, how everybody feels within a commune. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, they're not as innocent. I want to see them do some dark shit now. <laughs> they start eating each other? Yeah. Like, oh, man, we're out of food. You know, there's not enough uh, mushrooms on the tree. All right, well, let's just crack open, like, Billy. Let's just um, cut Nori's head off and start nibbling away at her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> now, you cut off the foot, right? You want to keep her alive as long as possible. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the rules are cannibalism, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, you want, you'd want to keep it fresh, is my thought. All right. Refrigeration All right. didn't look good there, but anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, Malva continues on the road. Uh, sorry, Malva continues on, though, and finds mushrooms. As she begins to pick them, um, gutterly screaming from the depths of the woods, brings out several creatures that begin hunting them. Thankfully, the stranger manages to use his power to knock them back and send them sprawling. And I'm at this point I'm like, that is Gandalf. That's a Gandalf thing to do. That is Gandalfy. I'll admit that. It could I mean, no, to be fair, it's Saramani stuff when he does that. I guess, it's Gandalfy, it's Saramani. I don't know if it's like plant wizard y Sauron could do that. Like he had a mace. 
Oh, he did have a mace ball. Or yeah, was it a wrecking ball? No, it was like a big old, uh, like a flat mace. Like, not, a not a swingy. wrecking ball. Oh, shit, that song, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my sneaky way of, like, editing in um, Miley Cyrus. Like, you know, during the video edit here, I'll just throw her across the you screen. You should right do now. that. Yeah, yeah swing, swing it across. But, um... <laughs> I don't know. It's a cool scene, I guess. Yeah, it's cool it's to cool show. Scene. I like the fact that he's like doing freaky, icy shit with his hands later. Mm. It's 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 like making him seem a bit evil. I, don't know, I like the mystery of it. I guess I'm losing how, patience, how, but I enjoy how it. How did he? How did his like raggedy rag coat thing that was gifted to him by Nor? Was it Nori? I think that kind of gave him that robe or whatever. No, wasn't the robe like? Literally the the roof of a tent that he yeah. fell through, and yeah. then how does it how does it all of a sudden look like a legit wizard coat? <laughs> like, come on, when did they? Yeah, I remember you pointing that out. He's looking very wizardy right now. Did they find the time to just like, um, like customize his coat so then it looks a bit more wizardry? Like, what the hell is this? Like, it definitely wasn't that. Like, it was. It's from a freaking roof before. <laughs> it looks very wizardy now. I'll give you that. Like it fits perfectly. It's like, oh, look at that! Look at how that turned out. So convenient. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and by the way, those those creatures that look like wags or whatever. Um, do you reckon they look kind of cheap? I don't Did they know. look I, like I, visual effectsy to me? You know, actually, kind of. Like, they definitely were visual effectsy because I think. Um, you know, why would you get, like, a real dog and, and dress it up? But, like... <laughs> Stop what I mean. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, I did notice the You wall. lost all chances of, like, being a, um, a production coordinator in a film. Right why? There. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, get, like, a big German shepherd, put some makeup on. <laughs> um... But no, I was saying like um, the the warg, the orc warg, and this like natural wolf mm. have looked like weirdly fake. Mm. I don't know but, why. I don't know the, these dog wolf things or whatever they were. They kind of looked like the same visual effects in the two towers with the wild riders, and the two towers like freaking million years ago, right? Yeah, it looked. I thought they looked good back then. I gotta watch it again. They they that, that's what I'm saying. Is like they look good back then. I, and I saw a look, last time I saw Two Towers might have been two years ago, mm. and you know the visual effects don't look great, but they still look good even for today's standard. Yeah, I've seen it. And like, I'm saying we've... those effects kind of look the same as this, which is not great because this is a 2022 <laughs> visual fix TV yeah. series that has that has a massive budget. So I was like, huh, they look kind of cheap. Whatever. Oh, I do, should do a shout out actually. Um, when they were running and then there's like silence and then the, the, the wall oh, yeah. runs past really quickly. I find that funny. Mm. You know? So yeah, good job, director. Good job, Wayne Yip. Is it Wayne Yip? I Wayne think it was Yip. Wayne Yip, yeah. <clears throat> Elsewhere, Adar learns that the tunnel has been completed. His subordinate is told to summon the legions. It is time. <laughs> That sounded, that sounded so cheesy. Did it sound I cheesy mean, at the time? I can't remember. It's fantasy, man. I accept a lot of like bad dialogue. It is time. I feel like that's something you'd hear in Power Rangers. But yeah, I think this, this this has a Power Ranger quality to it, though. <laughs> hey, <laughs> don't don't give them that much credit. Power Rangers was great. <laughs> like Power Rangers, um, you know, one of the later ones. Where they had guns and stuff. Not the first, not the original series. 
Okay, you know what? Like, okay, a little bit of sidetrack. We're going to yeah. jump back on track in a sec. Sorry, listeners, but this this is kind of funny. Um, when when people ask me, you know, this is kind of a natural question you get when people find out that you're a big movie nerd or a big TV series nerd or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, natural question is like, oh, what are your guilty pleasures or what are your favorite movies? What are your favorite series? Blah, blah, And I like to tell people my favorite guilty pleasures. And actually, okay. one of my favorite guilty pleasures of all time is the 1997 Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Oh, you talk about the 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 ooze? Yeah, with uh, Ivan Ooze. Yeah, I, like I the love movie, that man. movie. I love <laughs> that movie, dude. I enjoy that. I eat all of that uh, that stuff up. I I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I don't care what people say about it. Look, it's a terrible film. Is it actually? Well, See, uh, I watched it when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, it's terrible. Like <laughs> it's on VHS, <laughs> and yeah. I remember only good things. Oh, yeah, um, of course. I mean, when you're a kid and you watch that, it's like it's everything you've ever wanted. Yeah, man. But, like, I I, I know the movie so well, dude, and, and I watch it maybe once a year. Maybe Shit, twice a year, I don't I know. i got to do that. i got to do that. Once, once a year, and it's just – it's such a terrible film, but it's just so good. And there's for me, there's not a lot of films where, you know, this whole idea of, like, oh, it's so bad, it's good. There's not a lot of films like that for me, actually. So you don't? Are you one of those the room guys or no? No, 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 no. I'm I'm not one of those guys. I actually hate that movie. What? I actually really enjoy it. No, 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 oh, no. Never man. watching that shit again. Never ever watching that. Again. So I think um good. a couple of my mates actually a couple of my mates here in Sydney want want me to go see the room with them because they have sort of a um they have like a tradition over at the Ritz Cinema over in um, yeah right they have okay. a tradition where they play the room. They're like, oh, when, when it comes back uh, to the Ritz, which is probably like in the next two months, let's go. I'm like, yeah, nah, nah I'm, good. It's, I'm good. It's one of those films that I actually, weirdly enough, don't like watching with other people now. Like, mm. we try to say, like, I, I watch it in my room all the time, which, which I do. But that like, sounds sad. No, but like, when you watch it in, like, when you watch it, like, with like a bunch of friends, it's fine. It's a great film. It's very funny. You know, it's all that cool. But then when you actually go, like, to the Ritz, I feel like it's kind of gotten to a point where. Like the 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 status of the film, and everyone just they know all the lines, and they they're not going there to actually watch the film and have fun with friends. They're going there to try and be like the loudest, coolest guy in that cinema. Like right. They, they, they're, they're trying to get themselves over in a way. You know what I mean? Like but as, I, as I, audiences. I, actually, I love that kind of experience. If um, if I'm able to go to a film, which is like a cult classic, mm. and everybody's reciting the lines, I, I would love that because everybody in the cinema has seen it, which is great. And so there's a well, there's sort of an ex- maybe a little bit of an expectation to have that kind of cultural fun where everybody recites lines. I love that kind of stuff. See, but we- I don't have a film that I can recite like line for line that is culturally acceptable in a cinema setting, you know, because mm. all the films that I know line for line are not really cult classics. They're like big bulk buses. <laughs> right, okay. And then <laughs> you're like I mean? dark. Uh, like sort of quiet parts, loud parts. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah. They're, they're not like overly crazy fun films like The Room or something like that. Like a cult classic for me would be like Princess Bride. You know, if The Princess Bride's on cinema, I'll go there and I'll be reciting lines like with everybody else, which is fun. And they all do it. Like I think Princess Bride is one of those mm. cult classic films that everyone just sort of loves, right? Yeah, yeah. But man, yeah. Dude, I, I know every single line in Pirates of the Caribbean. Holy shit. The Curse of the Black Pearl. So if that if that gets replayed in cinema, I can't just sit there and like yell the lines because it's not that kind of movie. You know? Yeah, it's not people a cult are, classic. 
they're not doing that, right? They're not doing that because that's a multi-million dollar film. <laughs> See, I, I wonder if maybe I'm like a grouch, but yeah, no, when, when it happens in the room, because I've been to one of those kind of showings and I just feel like it's like people like, hey, look at me. I'm the funniest guy that likes the room. Oh, no, it's oh, me. Well, yeah, I mean, I, if, that, if that's your perspective, then I guess you can't help that. Yeah, you're just a cynic. No, I'm just a hater. <laughs> you're a hater. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Back on track. Back on track. Oh, sorry, listeners. I hope you actually enjoy that little bit of a sidetrack. Yeah. Um, Bronwyn speaks to the people and admits that they need to stand and fight to show up a symbol of their strength. Hands go in, uh, go up in support, but they're easily swayed by an old man suggesting they should run and take their chances elsewhere. Unfortunately, it splits their force in half. The old man and his group run into Adar, who is forced to kill one of his own to prove his honor and loyalty to Sauron. Now, we actually don't see this on screen. Yeah, but, uh, you know, presumably it happens. <laughs> but it, yeah. it might not. It might be one of those really? ones where it's like, ah! I don't know. It, it wasn't even close. Like, the blade wasn't even close enough to his neck. It was you don't even see it go on screen, yeah. Yeah, it was only the camera that did a close-up, a track close-up to the... What's what's his name? The kid. The kid. You don't even find out his name, I don't think. Right. Um, yeah. So like a nobody, like a no face. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Which kind of it, it kind of suppresses the tension a little bit, I think. Um, well, no, I know who he is. He's the the cowardly friend of the kid that we hate. Yeah, but we don't know much about the character. There's no development in the character. He's just cowardly. Yeah, he's just cowardly. And and the problem with disposing such characters is that you don't have the same impact that you would if you had a character that you could care about, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, I think the fact that he was going to get killed, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I, yeah. it's <laughs> like, like, okay, great, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Kill him. Because the thing is, I, I knew that uh, Wardrig, the, the barkeep, Aldrin, he yeah. was... You know, he's uh, a big enough coward that he was going to kill him. Like, I, I knew mm. for a fact that he was going to do it. That kid didn't matter to me. So it was like zero mm. tension for me. Mm-hmm. Didn't care about the kid, and I didn't think the guy wasn't going to do it. So, mm. you know. and, and also also the reveal here with Wildrig is that he's not really someone of high importance when it comes to Sauron. He's, we've, we've discovered that he's a guy that doesn't even know who Sauron is. <laughs> yeah, doesn't look like... Um, and he's like, you know, oh, you, I'll follow you. I don't even care. Like, he's just yeah. a cowardly He's a petty dude. guy. Yeah. He's a petty guy, and he just, wants to, he just wants to work for the highest bidder. That's all he wants to do. The thing that's um, kind of interesting about this scene, and a little bit of extra scene, I'm going to be jumping around a little bit, is like, you know, we have um, that scene where the Bronwyn, mm. the, the woman is like, sort of, you know, follow me, we can fight. And she's like, I'm not the king that you wanted, but, you know, I'm going to lead you for some reason. Mm. <clears throat> and then the other guy does his speech and they leave. So I, I think it's kind of funny where she... Like, I, I made Such that- a misogynistic scene, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, she got cast. I, I can just hear all the woke people going, oh, such misogynist. No. <laughs> <laughs> she, she got half, she got half. But the thing that kind of pissed me off is that, like, one, like, she, yeah, she kind of just sort of takes the leadership by default, mainly because she's a named character, no one else is. Um, two, like, she hasn't done a very good job of leading them so far, in the sense that she's always saying, you know, let's, let's forage the hills for food, and they've got, like, nothing. But three, the thing that really pisses me off is that she promises to all these people that we can fight, we can have this tower be a symbol of our strength. And then later, um, just to jump ahead, they find the sword. The sword is a key. The key is the secret to like all these bad things happening. And then she goes out into the middle 
of the town square. And she's like, we need to give up. We're all going to die. So that would be like pretty terrible for morale, right? Like you'd Mm -hmm. have to assume for the leader to just come out and say that we're all going to die. We have to give them this sword. Maybe we can live. Mm. It's like, it's just terrible leadership. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 I kind of thought that this was kind of going to be our Helm's Deep where they're going to hold off like in a cool way. And then um, the Numenorians will show up and save the day. And it's going to be fantastic. But I don't know, in Helm's Deep, like, before the battle, it's, like, them making swords. It's them getting prepared. It's, like, a lot of cool stuff happening. Whereas in this scene, it's just people ambling about. I don't know what they're doing. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, there's so much of that. That's just kind of... I actually lost track of where I was. All right, here we go. Um, anyway, the orcs eventually begin marching on the tower, leaving Bronwyn and the others to face a big challenge ahead. Over in Numenor, the Numenorean soldiers practice. Practice what? What are they practicing, Tony? They're fighting. <laughs> They're fighting each other. And this is Galadriel's big moment of the, of the episode. <laughs> yeah, just to show us yet again, she's better than everyone at everything. Galadriel scoffs at the their efforts, deciding to personally step up, step up and show them how it's done. Because of course she does. It's been a hot minute since we've seen we've had our episodic Galadriel is better than oh. everyone moment. I didn't even realize you wrote that down. Ah, yeah, Ben, ah, <laughs> brilliant. It's such a great way to encapsulate the character. Yeah, she um, just. She's so, she's so, like, narcissistic. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, she just walks around smiling, shitting on everyone. I mean, she's not shitting on them. She's beating them up. And, um, I, I mean, look, look, and, and I know I know you've said, look, this is Galadriel, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of years earlier on. You know, she's going to change eventually when she gets to Cape Blanchett level. But I'm like, yeah. I don't see it, dude. I don't no. see it. Like, did they just completely retcon the whole character or something? <laughs> They didn't have uh, canon rights, so they had to change it. <laughs> I reckon, like, Tolkien's uh, and, like, descendants are like, is she, is she similar enough? Nah, she's not similar enough. We can't do <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, man. They're probably, like, regretting after, like, filming for, like, a couple of months. They're like, really? This was the best audition we got? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's, I don't think she's doing a bad job. Yeah, she's I doing a bad job. Bad job. I just think, man, like, this character is just not likable. Man, we are five episodes in, and we, we still don't like her. Like, I liked the last the episode. <laughs> I, I, I liked her last episode because it all made sense. All right, um, so 95% of the time we don't like her. It's not a good track record for five episodes. Yeah, it's, it's weird. And I just think the flip... Just want to sort of bring this up. Like, I know it's not like technically racism or whatever. Uh, I still think it is, but <laughs> the fact that like they hate elves, and um, she shows up and she's teaching them, and everyone's just sort of cheering was really weird for me. Hmm. That like that whole undercurrent of uh, social resentment is just gone for some reason. Hmm. Just because the queen said it's okay, I don't know. Hmm. It just ah, oh, but yeah. maybe all of them are like, oh shit, I don't really want to mess with her. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe I should be on her side. She's a good sword person. She's so good at fighting. She's so um, yeah. It had a weird Aladdin quality, that fight scene, by the way, to me. Dude, you know what that fight, that fight scene, that choreography looks so rehearsed? I was like, I don't believe anything that's happening in this scene. Like, <laughs> the choreography looks nice, but it looks like choreography. It doesn't look yeah. like it's fighting. You know, it doesn't actually look like sword fighting. Yeah, you know, I think when they all like attack her at once, and she like has two swords, she's like clink, 
like Neo or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's like that's he's swinging the sword. She's like step left, step right. It it just looks completely rehearsed. <laughs> um, I probably have to give it to the other guys though. They look like they're trying to make it organic. They look like they're trying to make it natural. But because of her expression and the way she was moving with the sword, I was like, man, you look like you just came out of rehearsal. <laughs> Right, yeah. I mean, elves are supposed to have like kind of a dancey quality to their fighting, I guess. Yeah, sure, but they still, I don't know, like it looks like she's anticipating where it's going, mm. you know? I don't think that's an elven quality, and elven quality is usually like, I see it coming and I'm going to react to it, now I'm going to move, you know? Yeah, I But it, look, it looks like she's going to move long before the sword even gets to her. <laughs> But that's part of the general Galadriel is better than everyone quality of this oh, show. Shit. <laughs> so bullshit. I really hated this scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I liked it that it was action. I'll give it that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so she doesn't, uh, she doesn't even break a sweat as she bests them all and gets applause too. Hey, remember when everyone was worried last episode about the elves taking their jobs? And now we have an elf <laughs> training their army and taking the job of the commander for this army? Strange that they're all applauding there, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, oh, anyway, man. One could argue they're applauding Valendil, a soldier who manages to get close to besting Galadriel, which is c- completely bullshit, right? Like, he doesn't even get close at all. He, he cuts her sleeve i think come on that's that's not close like that that's not even close because there had to be a winner right yeah but like you know, <laughs> get, getting close is like scuffing with with your opponent right like yeah like sh- like shouldering each other and like almost kind of this like rugged um yeah this rugged like shoulder sort of uh fighting it, mm. that's that's getting close to them not just a little bit of a swipe that she may have just allowed happen i don't know the, the weird thing is, like, she's just constantly beating on him in an embarrassing way. Mm. The idea that he's going to become, like, a... They kept saying lieutenant, right? Like, that's that's the title. It's not lieutenant. Mm. It's lieutenant, I think. Lieutenant, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's a, that's a word. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, he just... It was... Like, he does not look fit to be a lieutenant. He just, like... He just happened to be one of the five guys involved. I don't know. Yeah, we know nothing about this dude. <laughs> well, he's mates with uh, Isildur. I just... <laughs> and he's like the cool Great. one. I just think it's like weird that... He's just one of the sea dudes. He gets promoted when he... like Anyone who saw that battle would have seen that he's ill-equipped for this promotion. Yeah. But like, why him? Right? Like, why him? Why not the other dude? I mean... Because he's the... Oh, yeah, I don't even know which one did it. That's fair. That's a... I didn't even catch that till now. It's not it's, obvious who did it's it. Just a, it's just a really, it's just a really poorly directed scene. Like many of the other the scenes of this episode, it's so disappointing. Oh man! All um, right. All right. So we are um, here. We go. Quotes, the tide may rise and drown a man, or fall and sweep him out to sea. Unquote. Um, Farazon said to his son just after. The trick of mastering the current is to know which way it will turn next. I kind of like that line. Kind of like it. I mean, I kind of did, but, but I, I also don't really care for all these dialogue sequences, which are kind of not progressing the story much at all. <laughs> like, it's like, I thought this one actually did a reasonable good job of producing the story in the sense that you you find out more about Farazon, you find out more about what he's doing, you find out how much like you find out more about how much power he wields, which I like that, mm. and also you find out that he's the cousin of the queen. 
the thing that kind of pissed me off is just the sheer amount of like weird metaphors and like he always speaks in these kind of weird quotes that don't make any sense yeah mm. it happens so much in this but show that's, that's this world though right this is kind of strange yeah, but like do. you know the, the, the trick to mastering the current is to know which way you will turn like it, water kind of goes two ways right i mean like <laughs> Can you just tell me, like, what the hell you're talking about? Is it is it going in that direction or going this way? <laughs> yeah. And the thing that kind of pisses me off about this as well, I mean, this is probably a bit of a spoiler, but uh, can I do spoiler of the episode? Yeah, yeah it was yeah, like, pretty much okay. spoiled. Everything. So he convinces the son, like, oh, I'm doing this for a reason. I want this war. And then the mm. son goes and tries to stop it anyway. I didn't get that. Like, I legitimately didn't understand that. <laughs> I didn't understand it either. On one hand, he's like listening to him, and then the next hand, you see him burning the boat. Like it's not even like him, like having like a a mischievous, like I don't really believe you, because like they linger on his face for like maybe mm-hmm. five seconds after that this this conversation, mm-hmm. and it looks like he's bored into it. Like he's like, mm, I agree with you, father, mm-hmm. and then he does that. Like, why not give us a little bit of foreshadowing that he's maybe? Oh no, I still don't agree. I really want this girlfriend way more than you. Mm. Anyway, it's, it's very disconnected. And of course, as we all as we all know, there are only two, high tide and low tide. It's another example of dialogue that sounds whimsical and flowery, where in truth, it means nothing. See, I was Man. right. <laughs> are you writing this stuff? Because I feel like you're, you're catching on all the notes that I like. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's, there's some bright people out there that are probably thinking along the same lines as us. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's lots of this littered throughout the episode, but actually writing it out like this gives an example of how poor this is. Um, out on the shore, Sildor decides to stow away on a boat, but Kemen shows up to sabotage. Is that how you pronounce it? Kemen? 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 I don't think shows- it matters. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> shows up to sabotage the cargo and burn it. So this is the sun. Um, <clears throat> as the pair wrestle, the lantern drops and the load explodes. This is, this is another one of those like poorly choreographed scenes yeah. that just looks rehearsed and looks so staged. And I'm like, yeah, he's going to drop the lantern in one, two, three, drops the lantern. And it's yeah. clumsy. And nothing's like kind of believable. And I'm like, oh. Right. It was one of those scenes where you just want them to deal with it in a different way. Like when they start wrestling, I'm like, of course you're going to drop it. <laughs> and of course it's going to blow up. It's just, <sighs> I don't know. Like if you want him to not drop it, maybe just say, hey, let's get out of this room. Mm. But then you're Isildur, like the biggest idiot mm. in this show. I think yep. the biggest. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. and so of course he did something dumb in wrestling. Hmm. Thankfully, Isilda has enough time to grab Kim in and swing to shore before the entire thing explodes. Um, high up in the tower, Galadriel and Farazon disagree over the best course of action going forward. For now, Muriel decides to wait until first light to make a decision as Galadriel frowns and scrolls. And scrolls sorry. She approaches Halbrand and apologizes to him, but not really. As we know, Galadriel only ever does anything that benefits herself <laughs> and here. She's doing this so she can have Halbrand's voice at the council and swings things in her favor for the expedition. Man, this, these show notes are very opinionated. I'm loving this. <laughs> very accurate but, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's actually, this is something I want to sort of talk about as well. So Halbrand, right? A lot of this episode... Um, as I think about it, it's sort of, it's, it's playing to the, I guess the, the conflict in his heart about how he doesn't want to go back. He doesn't want to do this. He wants to start a new life as a blacksmith. Mm. And then it's all about like Galadriel saying, we need you or else this war's not going to happen. He's like, I don't want to be there. I did some dark things. 
firstly, one, you don't find out what dark things he did. Mm. Two, you don't find out what drives Galadriel. Like, she mm. just kind of doesn't answer it. I don't understand why they, like, they're in charge of the script. If they don't want to answer that question, don't ask the question. Mm-hmm. It's just weird when, when he says, what drives you? Why are you so crazy? And she says, because I'm so crazy because, like, essentially she says, I'm so crazy about this because I was so crazy in the past and my people tried to get rid of me. Right? Because she's like, mm-hmm. my, my men deserted me, my best friend and my king pushed me away. And I'm like, that doesn't explain why you can't stop. Because that was a symptom of you not stopping. Mm-hmm. You were already not stopping to cause that mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah. But yeah, so they don't answer her question, they don't answer his question. And the thing that pisses me off the most is that at the end, Halbrand decides, okay, yeah, I am going to claim my kingship and I am going to be part of this battle. And you don't understand why he changed his mind. Mm-hmm. So there's just like, a lot of time spent asking these questions that are not answered in any appreciable mm. way. Anyway, and, that's and, it. A, and a lot of the time, the dialogue is just filled with flowery, poetic bullshit nonsense that's got nothing to do with um, explaining the things that they should be explaining. Yeah, like and when... that's part of the big frustration for this episode. And we see this littered throughout the series too, right? It's kind of littered in different places, not as as harmful as it as it is in episode five and episode five it's kind of it's so glaringly painful that it's like holy shit they're just really talking now there's so many scenes where like three minutes later i'm like i've learned nothing it it just happens a lot in this one it happens a lot in numenor realistically like there's just so many times where people will say words and then i'm just like I have no more information than I did at the start of the conversation. <laughs> oh, goddamn. All right, Galadriel <laughs> goes on to admit she can't stop her vengeance field mission, going on to uh, bemoan how her company mutinied against her because she led them into death trap and was prepared to lead them to die up the mountain. And that her closest friend conspired to exile her, um, exile her. Uh, Halbrand apologizes on behalf of everyone that's done wrong to Galadriel as Galadriel urges him to return to the Southlands as that's how he will honor his people. Meanwhile, Gilgalad and Aaron sit with Durin and the dwarves as they toast to their union of their races. After Aaron keeps his promise to Durin and doesn't reveal what the dwarves have found deep in the mountains, the light of of Aldar is fading, and Calibrimbor is quick to point out that though, uh, to point out that, let's start again, quick to point out though that the Mithril will save their race from diminishing. It would also mean serving the union he's just made with the dwarves, um, though. You, you know, something I actually don't remember here. Mm. And, and I actually blame the episode for being so boring. I, <laughs> I don't really remember the dialogue between Durin and Auron because, um, you know, those are like two of my favorite characters in the show so far, as far as their chemistry goes. And by the time we get to their scene, I'm like, I, I'm kind of like checked out. I'm not even paying attention to what they're oh, saying. I was dialed in this time. I think the only thing I remember is like he, he reveals to Durin that I'm actually after the Mithril, yeah. you know. I remember that part, and then I remember him. I remember like they had this snarky little kind of back and forth joking, saying, "Hey, so who's going to help? What, what did he say? Who's going to help you out or something?" He's like saying, uh, "Who? Like, oh, the, the the fate of the elven race is in my hands." And yeah, like, who's hands? Who's hands? Or you, yeah. yeah, so, so he's forcing him to say it. Yeah, it's good. Forcing him to, it's kind of reinforcing him 
this idea that you should know who's going to be helping you in this situation kind of thing, which is really nice. It's, it's a nice indication of like where their friendship is. In the yeah. Chemistry. Like I was really worried. In this, like, okay. You know, first things first, like this is the best scene in the entire episode. It always is just, mm. if you can find in the future, like the Duran bits, just skip to them and just get through in like 15 yeah. minutes. You're not going to miss anything. If you just skip pretty much the entire episode, <laughs> except for the Duran bits. Right. Um, mm. Like he's fun. The dwarves are the best part of the show. Um, but yeah, like, I think the, the key thing here is that, like, I was really worried, actually, because when, like, actually, when he tells Durin that, like, oh, you know, it's actually the Mithril, blah, 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 I know mm-hmm. that Durin already had, like, sort of, he was second-guessing his friendship with Elrond, and to hear that, like, after that happened, their friendship is more or less stronger, I was really happy about that, because I kind of want these two to stay together the entire mm-hmm. time. Yeah. But, like... The thing that's kind of weird, Elrond makes such a big deal about not sharing, uh, like, like not breaking the oath, not sharing what he knows, mm. but then he just shows Celebrimbor and Mithril. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, he just sort of randomly does it. I don't really understand that. I didn't understand that either. And and come to think of it, when when um, Elrond was confessing that he really... <sighs> Um, he's really after the Mithril. Yeah. I, I thought to myself, I was like, didn't he show him the Mithril? But then you're right. It was actually he showed Calibrimbor the Mithril. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and, and Durin gave it to him anyway, so it wouldn't be shocking yeah. to him. Yeah, but then that's why I was confused. I was like, why is he kind of coming clean and about the secret? I thought he gave it to him, but it was actually Calibrimbor. <laughs> yeah, he gave it to Calibrimbor. Yeah, Calibrimbor was like, that. I knew about this. You know, and this is the part that we both mentioned. So mm. when he's talking to the king, and the king's like, this tree is dying. Um, and we need the mithril in order to make the tree alive so that we can stay or else we're going to die. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> I was like, how, how, how is metal going to save a tree? How is a tree going to keep people alive? <laughs> I mean, that second part, I get the tree keeping people alive. I can sort of accept that. But why would mithril keep the tree alive? Uh, <laughs> you know what actually keeps me up this like, as well? There's a scene where he's like, we sent Galadriel away because I thought that that this would help the tree. And clearly this is like, he's just trying stuff now. He's just mm. throwing crap at a wall and seeing what sticks because like yeah. he's sending Galadriel away. He's going to get some special metal. Um, he's kind of the same as the Numenor queen. who's just mm. like doing random stuff to make sure the, the petals of the tree don't fall down. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Uh, it's garbage. Garbage stuff. <laughs> Aaron eventually comes clean to Durin, admitting the entire fate of the elves is in his hands. Honestly, the dwarves are the best part of the show. See? Although the episode is sorely missing some wit and charisma. Um, As the episode closes out, the council make the decision off-screen, mind you, (laughs) and everyone prepares to leave for Middle-earth. Again, by the way, which they weren't they preparing to leave for Middle Earth like the previous episode at the end? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That was so cool when I thought that that was going to happen. I know, and I was hoping <laughs> that this episode was going to be like, yeah, we're, we're on our way to Middle Earth. You know, we're actually, you know, putting one foot in front of the other and we're in a different location or whatever, but no. We've got three episodes left. Nothing's happened. We've got three oh, left. jeez. <laughs> I'm kind of happy that there's only three left. <laughs> um, everyone stands uh, to attention for Galadriel as she enters the boat wearing her armor. Who approaches Halbrand and their pair join hands. And that is the end of the episode. I, and it's I a hate, roaring laughing track. I hated that 
she goes on the boat and everyone's like staring at her full of admiration. What happened to the elf racism? I want, I don't want that back. Don't get me wrong, but like, just be consistent. That's all. There's no consistency. consistency. Yeah, like the biggest thing that this this series suffers from is consistency. Um, It's actually quite disappointing and it's hard. I mean, it's very difficult to have a podcast talking negatively about the show all the time. <laughs> now, we, we do say some very constructive things, though. You know, I think we do a great job there. I liked the last episode. That was cool. Mm, like, I, I gave that a cool. seven. Mm. I was happy with it. This one's, mm. like, just, it's the worst parts of this show. Like, I feel like when they're dealing with, like, larger things, war, um, some of the mystery stuff is kind of fun. Yeah. But then when they just deal with, like, politics, secret, like, agendas, all that kind of subtle stuff, they just do a really bad job of all of it. And this episode mm. is just full of it. Yeah, it's kind of sad. What are you going to give that a 10? Oh, like, four. Oh, dude, I, that's exactly the rating that I was going to give it. Four <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> I was just thinking, it's worse than the first one, and it's significantly worse than the first one. It's, um, it's bad. It's pretty bad. Four out of ten. For both of us, um, that's pretty anonymous. Not, not anonymous? What am I saying? That's pretty unanimous. unanimous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anonymously speaking, it's unanimous. No. I'd be shocked if anyone liked this episode. I want to read more reviews about this and just sort of... I've seen do... a few two stars. Oh, I've yeah? Seen a few okay. Two stars, yeah. That's mm. about two, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Two out of five. Two out of five, yeah. Um, that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, thank you for sticking in there. A whole hour of talking about this show. Ninety-nine <laughs> percent um, of it was negative because, but I think we have good reasons for it to be negative. We have good explanations, you know. I think we're we're fair and we're rational with um, what we how we express our opinions. That's the whole point of the legit cool podcast when we're recapping and breaking down episodes. I wasn't rational, but whatever, man. <laughs> nah, nah, I try, I try, I try. I try to give logic to it. I try to give logic to it. But, like, I hated this one. <laughs> hey, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, you're going to hear more from us. You're going to hear from more, more from Tony. Um, I think I've secretly dragged him into the review for uh, Werewolf by Night. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Let me, let me check out the rating. If it's like R, no, no, out. <laughs> check. Oh, I think it is. I think it's like R16. Come on. That. But just check, out, R? Just, just check out the trailer. I'm just a child. Why don't you make me do like Monsters, Inc. or something? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, I've never actually done an animated um, movie, so maybe we should check that out some stage. Oof. Okay. Incredibles or something. I don't know. Toy Story. Oh, we could do the Toy Story trilogy. I uh, actually haven't seen two or three. Great. Well, we can do Toy mm. Story 1 to 4. That could be four? Great. There's four. Okay, I haven't seen two, three, and four. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a four. Well, well, why don't you guys let us know if you're interested in us doing any animated series, Pixar, um, DreamWorks, whatever it might be. Um, Ratatouille, man. That's Ratatouille, yeah. Okay, there you go, Ratatouille. Um, whatever you want to, you know, this is your opportunity to jump into the likes, likes the comment section of our Instagram posts, Facebook posts. Drop a comment in there or even drop me a DM. Um, you'll find uh, our social handles on the show notes here. Um, and don't forget to hit the notification button. And we'll see everybody in the next episode of The Rings of Power, Season 1, Galadriel. Better than everyone. <laughs> Better than everyone. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks, folks. Thanks, Tony. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.